Ardra Shepard, and this is Tripping On Air, a place to talk shit about what it's like to have MS. Normally, I like to make everything about me, but MS also affects the people we love. So weighing in from the partner perspective is Alex Hajar, my friend whose wife also has MS. Join us monthly as we dish about everything from symptoms to stigma. If you have MS or you love someone who does, we want to connect with you. I love travel. I have prioritized travel my whole life. There's definitely a difference between traveling and vacationing, but even on a drop and flop, you know, there's no break from my worst problem, which is MS. It doesn't matter where you're going. MS is coming with you and it's going to be cranky. It's going to complain a lot, but there are things you can do to continue traveling if you have any chronic illness or disability. And today we're going to talk about what some of those tips and tricks are because Alex, I know you love travel as much as I do. You and your wife, Nicole, are avid travelers. And um, yeah, I think it's great. I want to hear your tips too. Nicole, in fact, was diagnosed while you were traveling. And I love that given that what had to have been a super traumatic experience, it didn't stop you guys from wanting to see the world. No, not at all. We were traveling cross-continentally across Europe, and uh, we were on a farm in France, and, and we had an episode, and we went to a French university hospital in Angers. I'll shout them out because they were fantastic. <laughs> and yeah, we were stuck there for 10 days, but at the end, they uh, pumped Nicole full of caffeine and steroids, and, and despite our families pleading with us to come home, um, which is a whole other thing, we just drove in the opposite direction. So that's that's how much we love travel. Well, I feel like the hospital food in France is better than the hospital food here. Completely elite level <laughs> hospital food. Nice. Yeah. One of the things that we consider when traveling first is definitely the location. Obviously, that's what anyone considers, but you've got to think about climate when you have MS. So many of us are bothered by heat sensitivity. I am particularly bothered by cold. And I, I think it's definitely a matter of considering the time of year, but you also really want to think about um, things like air conditioning, which oh, yes. are not, you know, <laughs> Maybe take it for granted in North America that air conditioning is available everywhere, but it's really not. It it isn't. And and also seasons. Like we were just in Vietnam and there's two seasons in the south of Vietnam, uh, wet and dry, and then there's four seasons up north, and they're slightly milder than here, but they're still variable. And the south is extremely hot always. Uh and we did have an episode where the power went out and the AC didn't work for several hours and we had we literally just changed hotels because it's not a livable way to to go about, you know, being in a place for several days uh, when temperature regulation is a is an issue. OK, but speaking of location choices, mm -hmm. Vietnam <laughs> is a hell of a drive from Toronto. It's it's a bit of a jaunt. Right. And yeah. so I think like the other thing is the jet lag. I'm still in the middle of it. It's like an hour per day, I think, is the golden rule for getting used to the timing. And so that means the first few days, even several days can be an absolute nightmare. Uh, so definitely and, something yeah. to consider. 
How long, so how long was your travel day, first of all? We were there for 22, oh, the travel day? You're in yeah, transit. No, like, how long did it take you to get, you know, from the time you left your apartment mm -hmm. to the time you arrived at your hotel? Over 24 hours Okay, that's, I would not do that. But <laughs> I, this is, here's an example of what not to do if you mm -hmm. have chronic ill. I mean, it, Vietnam sounds amazing and beautiful, but th that's definitely going to come at a cost. And I think you don't want to go for just a week. If you have to take that much time to acclimate and to get over jet lag, you definitely want to budget in a good amount of time to recover from that. We were there for 22 days. So it was enough time to uh, acclimate and then, and then enjoy the whole time. But yeah, Vietnam is a, it can be a big challenge for, for chronic illness. There's no doubt about that. Alex, do you have What's what's the most accessible place you've been and what's the least accessible, let's say? Hmm. So the least accessible, I will say, is is probably Vietnam or Morocco. Uh, Marrakesh is similar in that it has very tight markets and bazaars and it's it's very tough to get through. There's cats everywhere, people everywhere, things everywhere. And, and in Vietnam, a lot of the walking streets have tables and chairs and stools uh, that are just in the way, as well as motorbikes. They're parked on the sidewalks and the infrastructure is not what we're used to here in Toronto, at least, or in North America as a whole. Um, I would say probably the best place, best in quotes, that is for, for uh, easiest to, to ambulate, I guess, is probably somewhere in Europe. Uh, I think they're, you know, um, it's just easier to get around and the infrastructure is, um, you know, getting better each time. Yeah, and I would say not all of Europe specific places. Sure. Uh, but there there are lots of things uh, that we can navigate to hacks. Yeah, um, Rotterdam. I'll say Rotterdam is one of my favorite European cities, and I think that aside from whatever lingering cobblestone roads are there, they're probably one of the flattest uh, and most easiest way to get around uh, if you're on wheels or or otherwise. My vote goes to Barcelona as oh. the most accessible city I've been. Yeah, it's beautiful. It's unbelievable. Actually, a lot of Spain, it's incredible to me what they've done with accessibility. When I consider how much older Spain is than Toronto, it really puts us to shame as, as to what we haven't done. But we, yeah, I, yeah, Barcelona was very easy to navigate and, and just beautiful also. So you want to think of the time of year the weather. I like to travel off season because uh, with fewer crowds, that also helps a lot. Jet lag, of course, is a factor. So think about how far you're going. Um, and, and again, in North America or outside of North America, air conditioning isn't always even that reliable. So I think you want to make sure that it exists, but also that it's good. So read reviews if you really are prone to heat sensitivity, you want to go on those travel websites and read reviews and, and, and look for those kind of red flags because I don't know about Nicole, but 
that can ruin a trip. Really, Definitely put it in your search criteria when you're on different travel websites is things like accessibility if they have it, but mostly elevators if you need them. And AC is a big one if you're going somewhere warm. I know like in England, when we lived there, we didn't have an air conditioner in our house. We didn't necessarily need it. But I think, you know, there are going to be more severe weather events going forward. So there might be episodes where you do find you need it. And if it doesn't exist, that's going to be trouble. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So we've got locations covered, air conditioning. I always recommend getting travel insurance. Cancellation insurance is great because sometimes you don't know what's what's going to happen. It's great if you, I think I've had to cancel two or three trips at the very last minute and that cancellation insurance has come in really handy. Check your credit card or get a, a travel credit card that has that insurance in it because you also want to make sure that you are covered for any emergencies that you had. Like when Nicole was diagnosed in France, like that, that can be a real thing too. Yeah, we didn't, obviously we had no idea that that was going to happen, but we did take insurance out because it was a three month trip we were planning. So we were like, we might as well get it. It was the first time we ever did it. And it absolutely came in handy. We got to the end of the, you know, period and we got ushered into an office um, and where they presented us with a bill of many euros. And we essentially handed them over the paperwork and they told us that we were good to go and we just left. Um, you totally got your money's worth it was on that one. Absolutely <laughs> money's worth it. No questions asked. And this time we took out insurance. We did use our credit card for a lot of it. And we had to pay a little bit of a premium because of the time we were there. So that's another thing is maybe if you're going for an extended period of time, you might have to extend the insurance period on your credit card if they do cover you. So something else. When I was younger, I didn't believe in insurance. I thought it was like legalized extortion. Right. Don't take my <laughs> advice on that. But when I was uh, like really young, of course, you don't want to spend money on mm. and anything. And I was going to France to study. And my mom told me, you better get medical insurance. And of course, I was, had been there for one month. And mm. I had an ice skating accident Ooh. where, yeah, my, somebody skated over my finger. What? And so, yeah, it was awful. Oh my um, goodness! I know yeah. uh, it was gross. I'm fine now. I had like all my fingers. Yeah, are, you'd are never here. be able to tell your fingers are there. You'd never be able to tell. But uh, <laughs> that's because I had insurance, and that was a French hospital. They put me back together again. Oh man! See, that's the thing. French hospitals. If you're gonna get injured, go to France. That's yeah. the lesson. <laughs> and also, like even Air France. I love Air. Like this sounds. We sound really bougie, but uh, hashtag not like, sponsored. I know, right? But Air (laughs) France, call me. Um, I got to fly business class one time in my life on somebody else's dime, and it was Air France. And they actually, we're going to talk about mobility aids in a bit, but in business class on Air France, they let me bring my rollator into the cabin. There was like, they have a closet where you can hang your coats, and they had room for my rollator. It was really That is extra, though. Is oh extra. my god don't expect yeah. that if you're taking economy like we did this no time. i feel like even <laughs> b- business class in on air canada i feel like they wouldn't let you do that mm-hmm. but air france they did so <laughs> Fair yeah enough. um you know it's funny because i think i this the question that i get asked the most is about traveling with mobility aids and of course i've done a lot of traveling but 
you know, when my MS was in the invisible stage, years before I needed mobility aids, there were so many things to consider with traveling and how MS would impact that. I think for many of us, it can be, there's a lot of psychological hangups that we have about asking for wheelchair assistance at the airport, particularly when we're ambulatory and we don't need mobility aids. And I would say, try to get over that because airports are exhausting and that wheelchair assistance can save you so much energy. It's really worth it. It's a game changer. We used it. It We've used it for the last, you know, handful of trips we've taken. And I have to say, the thing is, each airline also has different processes and procedures. So maybe call ahead. We we did a few domestic trips and we used VietJet Air this time and this and that. And it, sometimes they're not really prepared for you. Even when we got to Pearson this time, we have to wait in line first and then check in and then they give us the wheelchair. There's no Pearson like, is a shit show. Like, but and you always <laughs> when you're booking your flight, ask for wheelchair assistance. Mm-hmm. Like, don't wait to ask for it when you get there. No, we, they knew we were getting it and we I still know, got that. I know, it's that's what I'm saying. It's like, it's still a garbage fire, but ask for it ahead of time anyway. I mean, if you forget, you can still request it when you get there, mm-hmm. but sometimes you have to you have to advocate for yourself. Like True. things are not going to run smoothly, but you, like it is your right. I do have so to take say, advantage of it. and again, not sponsored here, but v, uh, Vietnamese airlines we took from one place to from like Hoi An to Hanoi, I believe. And it was like they were waiting for Nicole to walk in. They had a wheelchair ready to go as soon as they saw her come in and they were absolutely on top of the ball. So that was fantastic. And I'll say using the, the wheelchair access, let's say Pearson, for example, because we're here, but like when you get off a plane and walk to customs, it's like a 80 minute walk. It is weirdly long here. So we had the wheelchair. Okay. We get off, you know, we get to the gate. They put us on the golf cart, which was a first time experience for me. And we were from the plane to the Uber. Cause we don't check in bags. We, we only take carry ons. We were in the Uber within 30 minutes. Um, and so we were like through all the security, everything like that. It was super quick. So to okay, avoid well, things that, like fatigue that, and that, yeah, it's very that important. is an exception, right? Because usually you're the last off the plane, and usually... we were though we were. It, it was that's why I'm mentioning it because it was very surprising to me. It's it's definitely a you know a, it's an oddball situation, but they took care of us. I'll say that. Well, I think that speaks to like the bigger point also about traveling is you have to be patient. You have to Mm. be flexible. You have, you know, you, and so take your breaks when you can and take advantage of the comforts and conveniences that are available to you because it really does test you. I remember when I was getting married, a couple of girlfriends of mine had said, we're really worried about you because you guys didn't live together before you were married. And I was like, don't worry about it because we traveled so much. And that, I think, is the ultimate test, right? Stuff's going to go wrong. There's going to be conflict. You're going to have to work stuff out. So, yeah, we were good. Um, so, yeah, while we're, while we're at the airport, I think it's also really important to book a seat near the bathroom. Uh, if you have bladder issues with MS, you're going to be tempted not to drink on the plane. You can't do that. Getting dehydrated will get you much more tired. It's going to affect all kinds of symptoms. You got to stay hydrated. 
get a seat close to the bathroom. I always speak to the flight attendant in uh, whenever I get on the plane to say, you know, this is the situation. It might be an emergency. Like I might have to get up when the seat belt sign is on to pee. You know, they don't always love that. But I think if you can be um, like, just have a little tete-a-tete with your flight attendant. Yeah, they're not totally and, inconsiderate. No. I think most of no, the time. No, they're not. They're... Like, of course, they want to keep you safe. And yeah. That seat belt sign thing is a safety thing but also being yeah, near just, the bathroom limits the amount of distance you have to walk um yes. not just to the bathroom but also that bathroom area is a little bit wider right usually it's near the food prep area so you can actually use that area to stretch um and and you know alleviate maybe alleviate some spasticity if that's a result of, of sitting down for long periods of time one thing we've started bringing with us now are dehydration pills uh like effervescence um so there, you know, you just drop a couple tablets into a couple hundred mils of water and that is, you know, it has the electrolytes in it and it's supposed to like, you know, retain water a little bit better than just drinking the bottled water they give you. So, okay. Mind blown. I did mm. not know this existed. There, it's a game changer because like there were times where Nicole was, I think, a bit more dehydrated than usual and using these were, it seemed to get her back to feeling more human a little bit quicker than we've realized in the past. So I would, I would recommend dehydration pills, um, plop them in the water, let them fizz, let them go. And then you're kind of good to go really. I love that. I feel like I just want to walk around the world with a saline <laughs> IV most of the time because that level of hydration, it really does make you feel better. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Uh, that's a great tip, Alex. Thanks for that. Uh, okay. I think, okay, yeah, while we're still at the airport, I know we talked about this in the gift guide episode, Apple AirTag, for your, if you're going to check luggage, you want a tracker on your bags, but especially on your mobility aid. So I think it's a great tip that you said about only packing a carry-on if you can. But if you have a mobility aid beyond a cane, then you're going to need to check that. So I think having a luggage tracker is very, very important. We've all heard horror stories of what can happen to mobility aids, and you want to know you know, where your legs are, right? Because you need that stuff to get around. Yep. When you're packing, you must pack all of your medication in your carry-on. One time, uh, Carrie and I were traveling to Poland and we had a stopover in Paris and we had just checked our bags and the entire airline got up and left they went on strike which is oh. like france's national pastime Past, yeah them in italy i think too <laughs> to be my medication was in my checked bags because obvious it's so obvious put your medications in your carry-on pack more than you need if you have medical supplies i travel with uh catheters pack them in your bag also always pack more than you need mm -hmm. you don't know what can happen 
Yeah, we call. I think we called them. Uh, we had to get some extra medication in because we were away for so long. So we did call ahead and, and get like an extra week or so. And and it is important for the partner to do that because sometimes I'm not as tuned in to where the meds should go. I'm like, oh, well, you've got a few days with you in the carry on. But I think I said to Nicole, like, where are these meds going? Should we put them in the check bag? Because we had a check bag coming back, right? Because overseas, whatever. But she gave me a look dead in the eye. I have like, you know. You're in trouble if you if you think you should be putting meds in the in the carry on so de- or in the uh, check bag so definitely put them in the carry on because yeah you never know where it's going to go yeah or where it could end yeah. up I should say well you also you don't know what can happen on your trip if there's weather if there's a delay mm. you might need extra a couple extra days supply I always feel like the medication running out is like a reverse. It's like an advent calendar to when the trip is going to end. It's like the saddest. Yeah, fair enough. That's a good way of putting it, actually. It's a thing. funner way of putting it. Super sad. Also, they do say you should keep your medications in their original prescription bottles. So there's no confusion about what you're taking over borders. Yeah. I don't and, always do it, but. And we have also uh, paperwork regarding your uh, meds is, is a pretty critical thing to keep on you. So we have like a Duotang or a little paper binder for those who don't know what duotang is and that has all of has our paper anymore well i mean again it, it's a hard copy but we keep like our flight information in there too so but anything that's medical related we'll, we'll have on us because some border agents uh or security have no idea and we ran into trouble in manchester once we were very aggressive um security person that just was not letting us take like the cold packs onto the plane despite there being injection medicine on only meds and things like that they were really aggressive about it and i think we got through it but it you know if we had the paperwork it might have been different but i think that's a critical thing to have on you is is medical um sign-offs even or anything from your doctor that might say like you're definitely meant to have it and this is the way it's supposed to be well, that's a great point because there are certain MS medications that you have to keep temperature control. Mm-hmm. So you want to be aware of that also. Maybe, you know, ask if you can put something in the fridge on the plane, I mm. guess. But be aware of how long you're going to be away from anything refrigerated. You also want to make yourself aware of the medical marijuana laws in whatever country you're oh, going yeah. to Just because it's legal and you have a legal prescription where you are doesn't mean you're allowed to bring it into another country. So you don't want to get in trouble with that. Make sure you are crossing your (laughs) T's and dotting your I's. Alex, does your duotang have a photocopy of your passports? Uh, Every time. Yeah. Because hotels take it or they can take it. So um, we, we pack like a few copies each. It's great. Mm. You guys are pros. I love it. <laughs> We've done it a few times. So, it, you know, but you're still learning stuff new every time. Right. So that's that's the other. I mean, that's also the thing with MS is there's always a new evolution, um, yep. a new thing to maybe pocket, you know. We're still at the airport. I've still got airport tips. When you are traveling with a mobility aid, if it's a rollator or a wheelchair, you want to know how much it weighs and if it has a battery and what kind of it. Uh, what kind it is because they will ask that when you check it in always always gate check your device that is your right uh i think what air france bougie business class did putting my rollator in 
the cabin is the way of the future. It's bananas to me that we have to be separated from those devices, but that's where we are now. But uh, at least get them to the gate. I like the travel bag that goes with the Rolls Motion that lets me keep everything together. I is think that the, the cover big, or yeah, it's like it's a cover. It's okay. a travel cover. I was going to ask, you can like, stick... is it worth getting the cover for the yes. the device? I think it is. Yeah, I we use it. You can tuck the feet of the mm-hmm. device like into the seat and just kind of pack everything. It's quite up compact in it. Yeah, yeah, I like it. I have traveled with the Biker Rollator on a plane with no cover, and I I've actually knock on wood. Never had a problem with my mobility aids on a plane. I think that something that gives me comfort and lets me sleep at night is knowing where I could rent or borrow one if something happened and was damaged or needed Mm -hmm. to be repaired at my destination. Yeah, that's something we didn't do. There was an excursion we took this time and we were able to like procure a wheelchair and that came with a whole fun adventure of its own but um yeah i think phoning ahead in a lot of places is worth a worthwhile venture and seeing if there are mobility um devices that you do need because we didn't take a rollator with us um nicole just took uh, you know her cane and then she has a, a leg brace as well which was like a, it's a gift uh from the heavens i think because there's no rolling ankles with this thing uh, it definitely saved us given the the state of the uh, infrastructure there so it was well worth it but i think mobility for if you're not yet a mobility aid user but you're maybe mobility aid curious travel can be a good time to test one out that's sort of that was my gateway into mobility aids because it's not travel is not like your everyday or not like my everyday real life experience anyway you know it's a lot more active a lot more walking and you can buy yourself some time with trekking poles or a cane or something just sort of ease you in a good place i think to look into them maybe uh because i don't know where to get them for just walking around town but i know that some museums and other sites like that will have um will have it like the muse- the war museum totally. in, in Ho Chi Minh City you were you would be able to they told us we'd be able to to have a wheelchair uh should we go there so that's somewhere that you might want to test it out a museum if you're in New York City the natural history museum actually has the rolls rollator that converts to a transport oh, chair that you can borrow which i love because curious. that's such a great idea I mean, it's such a great device anyway, but if you're not sure if it's right for you, what a great way to test it out and have a, a day at an awesome That's a draw weekend. to go to New York City, I'd say. I'd go back I mean, for that. I love New York City <laughs> already. New York City, You, I think when I look up, you know, most accessible cities in the world, New York City is often on the list, but uh, I kind of call bullshit on that also. We went to a show, we saw Hello, Dolly! on Broadway with Bette Midler. It was a dream come true. It was amazing. But when I asked where the bathroom was, I asked if they had an accessible bathroom. They told me that they did. And when I needed it, they told me it was across the street 
four doors over and on the second floor of a restaurant that they had made this arrangement with. Okay. And um, yeah, that was not super cool. It's not even so, the code. That, there's no, okay, I'm not going to argue. Yeah, we're not going to. Yeah, it's, <laughs> you know, that's where the patience comes in to play mm-hmm. and your hydration tablets, maybe, so you don't have to pee during intermission. Um, did we cover like most of the mobility aid stuff for travel? There are more questions about that. I don't know. Are we moving on from the airport? Where are we going next? Uh, hotels. I, my advice is to book the fanciest, bougiest, most comfortable hotel (laughs) you can afford because if you are tired and feeling wrecked, you still want to feel like you're having part of the experience that you're still having a good time when you're stuck in the room. And that is the antithesis of how I traveled when I was younger. Of course, it's like, Oh, we just need a bed. We just need a place to crash. But things are a little bit different and you go at a different pace. And we also learned that, you know, a trip that we maybe would have taken that would have been seven days. Maybe we do it in for the same budget, we do it in five, but we take more taxis. We stay in a more comfortable hotel. These are the kind of concessions that I think they take planning, but they can make you enjoy your time more. So you're not missing out. And, you know, I can't disagree with this. Like, yeah. I think like maybe a couple years ago, I would sort of argue for the other side. But at this point um, on this side of 2023 or whatever, I'm not going to argue with that. I think whatever you can afford, you get the most comfortable thing. And this comes to a sort of dynamic between uh, the person with chronic illness and the, and the person who is not with chronic illness is that there will be times I think where fatigue might set in and you don't want to leave the room. So like you said, you want to be very comfortable while you're not leaving the room. Um, On the other side, the other person might go out and explore and you don't want to feel bad. Like you're leaving your person in a shack. Uh, You know what I mean? With, with, with no amenities and an uncomfortable bed. That's it's already guilty enough leaving someone behind. So I think if you're leaving them in a plush environment that they're comfortable in, that's a lot more peace of mind for me as a partner. Well, so I love that Alex, because my partner also, you know, has things that he wants to do and see and tick off. And so I think it's great if you can negotiate that with whomever you're traveling with to say, you know what, I need this break. Please go off and and do this thing. Carrie uses that time sometimes to scout stuff, you know, to find the great restaurant and to like figure out the quickest path to get there. And so it's about... Just making everyone happy and negotiating those expectations. I would definitely rather spend five days somewhere comfortable than, you know, seven days where I'm just like tired and cranky and and can't do. But I also will say that I spent a lot more time resting in hotel rooms in the couple of years where I was still resisting mobility aids. And still nervous about it. And then the first year when we traveled with my convertible rollator, it was a game changer. 
I could stay out all day because I could still walk and do stuff. But then when I was tired, I could sit and my husband could push me. It just, I was really nervous about how traveling with a mobility aid was going to make my partner feel. I thought like, and I only thought negative things. It made the trip better for both of us because I was comfortable. I wasn't tired and he didn't have to spend half the day doing stuff by himself. Like it bought us time. It bought us time together. And yeah, yeah, it was like, it felt, it was like a light bulb. It felt so freaking obvious after we did it. Mm -hmm. It was a game changer. I think in some instances it's almost impossible to bring or, you know, it's maybe not advisable to be somewhere because of how challenging it can be. Um, but definitely mobility aids make a huge difference and, and, and then to both, yeah, but to both parties and, and they do in, and obviously places where it is fl- relatively flat and, and even in there are nice ramps and, and, you know, nice accessibility features places. But, uh, yeah, it just, it, it does make it a sweet thing because ah, like I said, it's, it's a bit guilty. Over that- I think there is a guilty feeling from a partner perspective, obviously that you're leaving someone behind and to avoid that, the, you know, any mobility hate that, that gives you a little bit more of an edge is, is just gonna makes both part, you know, both partners feel inclusive, but it's getting over that hurdle and that stigma and what you think about it. You know, I remember the first time before we traveled, Carrie taking the roll leader apart with like a stopwatch and like right. putting it together and making sure because he was worried about like, how fast am I going to be able to get this, this into a cab or an Uber or whatever, yeah, you know, right. and just, but we didn't need to worry. It was all good. Mm-hmm. I want to talk about food mm-hmm. because food is the best part of travel. Mm-hmm. But you know, when you have MS, I think that for me, that's one of the symptoms that travel can aggravate is any digestive issues that you have are going to be worse when you're tired and you're not drinking enough water, you're eating totally different food. Of course, you want to indulge. My advice is to maybe not go, you know, not to overdo it at all three meals. Like if you can keep one meal a day consistent with what you do at home, that, that can help. I know when we were in Berlin, we rented um, a place that had a kitchen and a blender. And so I was able to start my day with my normal, when I'm not having pie, my normal (laughs) breakfast smoothie, which was like front loading my hydration and my nutrition and my fiber for the Mm -hmm. day. So it didn't matter if I was eating, it mattered less if I was eating schnitzel or whatever. Lunch can bugger off. Like if I can start the day full, then we're good. And like a lot of buffet breakfast. Yeah. Some places, I mean, that does make a huge difference. We've stayed in places with buffet breakfast and it just, you load up for the whole day uh and and then like you know lunch is just a not not a thought thing and then you can go and splurge on dinner or snack throughout the day and it doesn't feel so bad but um well i think the flags maybe to think of like you might be drinking alcohol more i definitely do when i travel that can be more dehydrating that can Mm -hmm. be not so great for your gut 
And you may be eating fewer fruits and vegetables, which is also really important. So just think about that. It might be. I think like in tropical areas, we've we've gorged on fruit and stuff. And we're sorry, we don't eat meat. So we don't uh, we we normally try to take in a little bit more. But you're not wrong. And I think it's something to mention like French fries and pasta and cheese and pastries and bread, you know, those. But I think something to think about, too, is also in some places you're not necessarily going to be able to drink the tap water and fill up your water bottle at every chance you need to so you're going to need to know where the convenience or supermarkets are convenience stores and and uh what and what to be picking up because um it's critical to have i was buying like liter and a half of water every day um you know in thailand and things like that because it's just not uh, it's, you can't drink the, the water it'll make you sick i know and just i can't reiterate enough not to not be tempted to let yourself ge- get dehydrated mm-hmm. download the app wherever you are for where the bathroom is mm. where all you know like know where all those public places to pee are that's another thing i love about france is the pay toilets they have on the street like why don't we have that it's so smart i know it is i know I want to talk about a couple of things that should you should think about packing. And I think I should have talked about this at the beginning in terms of order, but it doesn't matter. Uh, <laughs> I like to pack. Um, and actually, I haven't even been on a plane since COVID. I'm still nervous. I've learned that a road trip can be a really great way to travel when you're nervous about germs but also just sort of seeing your own country and the things that that are around us. I will say that North American hotels love those monster beds that are like princess in the pea level high off the ground. I started, yeah, like I can't get into those. I started traveling with a little plastic step stool that like fits. It's, That's clever, it's not yeah. too cumbersome to pack, but it's a big game changer you may want to travel with a shower chair, although most places you can ask if they have them. When you book an accessible room, it doesn't necessarily mean it's going to be accessible for you. So you might have to make some phone calls. And then the other thing I would say is the accessible rooms are often the shittiest rooms. They're like the rooms they give the people with dogs. And yeah, I feel like they're they just have they're more louder, room they're or... bigger. Yes, they're more spacious. There's more steps to take in them for sure. Feel free to ask for a discount. You know, if you're staying at a hotel and it is not as nice a room, but it's the accessible room, I would ask for a discount okay. on that. Is there anything that's like MS specific that, you know, people should ask for in the room, like aside from even air conditioning or because bigger room means more steps, like you said. And like a lot of places have tubs and tubs are sometimes hard to navigate too, right? The accessible room likely won't have a tub, but this is the other thing. They're less private. They usually have a big sliding door. Okay. They're, they're bigger. When we go back to the bed again, if you don't have that step stool, and they don't have one. We stayed at a hotel in the summer and I asked them for a step stool and they they brought us this painter's stool okay. that was ridiculous and totally unsafe and not cool. Oh, wow. You can actually ask them to take the box spring out from under the bed. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah you can. Okay. So right. uh, that's something to maybe pack. I always recommend a checklist because cog fog is real. Use your notes yeah. app. 
<laughs> Use your notes. Um, those face misters, also popular in France. You get these like big Evian bottles. Oh, right. That, yeah, yeah. Those okay, are really I've good seen cooling. Those, yeah. There's like cooling clothing you can get. Um, we looked into vests, and- actually. We did look into, and there's so many different ones and stuff that lasts a certain amount of time. So definitely know what your limits are uh, yep. when looking for that stuff. And they're not super cheap, so, but nothing is, I it- guess. No, that's true. That's true. If you have an accessible parking pass, you want to bring that. And not just if you're driving, but in lots of places, especially in Europe, they have concessions for people with disabilities. And they have these, like European residents, I believe they have identity cards that like qualify them for this club. We don't have that here. Um, but you can use your parking pass to prove that you are, are disabled and you can get some really amazing deals. Yeah. And I know a friend of mine, actually, his, uh, sister lives with a disability and the concessions in terms of, let's say you're going out for the night or you want to go see a concert. If you buy a ticket now, I'm not sure if they still do this, so you should ask, but if you're going to a concert, let's say a Wembley stadium and you buy a, a concert ticket and you're a person with disability, they have a concession where your person that uh, comes with you gets in for free. They don't have to buy yeah. the ticket. And, and so they spend that time with you because they're, you know, they're there with you just provide support if needed, I guess. But that is a con a, a really great concession. in in my opinion, it's fantastic. Yep. So. We got free tickets to, uh, for the companion, Carrie, mm-hmm. uh, to the London Eye. We got three oh, really? theater ticket. We got upgraded at the opera. We got upgraded to first class on the train. What? It was, yeah. London is killing everything. It's yeah, like England's pretty VIP yeah. <laughs> uh, over in England. Yeah. So, yeah, bring your accessible pass. I didn't even have to ask for these things. They were really good about it. There are some places, France is a little bit trickier, but... Um, all those museums, then they can get really pricey. They will allow your companion in for free. You just have to oh, pay wow. for your ticket, which is often at a reduced cost already. I've heard so that the parking pass advantage. is interchangeable, at least with the state. So if you're driving there, I've heard that. So I'm not guaranteed, but I've heard it's interchangeable. Yes. So you can still I've... park in spaces and it's legal, even yes. though it's like registered in Ontario or Alberta, let's yeah, say. I'm just saying just bring it so you can get those concessions or even if you don't want to lose it, take a photocopy of it. If you're if you're just if you're not planning on True. driving and yeah. you're just thinking of all the free stuff you can score. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Agreed. Yep. Uh, what else do I want to say? Oh, like a phone call. And like Alex said, searching those reviews is always great because accessible doesn't always mean the same thing. We stayed at two hotels this summer that had stairs right yeah like and like up to the like the second floor it's you know actually we did as well we went to a friend's wedding and we stayed at a hotel in town and that had uh not an insignificant amount of stairs and it was like stairs up to the second level and it was a really old building so there were stairs like two stairs down and then three stairs up and then and then into the room and i was like why did people want to live in a really difficult position back then I don't know. Yeah, it's, I don't know who makes these decisions. Uh, Download a translation app. Oh, yes. 
that's super important. Google Translate is good. Easy. I'm not advertising, yeah, it but it it is it does a job. So yeah, yep. And then always ask. You know, we stayed at a resort in Mexico a few years ago, and I asked if they had beach wheelchairs, and they had never heard of them. And I pulled one up on my phone and showed the example. And the next day, they had rented one oh, for man, me for that's, the whole week. That's so service. awesome. That's good service. And then we went back to the same resort the next year, and they had bought two. <laughs> wow. Did you go yeah. back because they did that next day thing, or well, did you just really I like mean, the place? We loved the resort, but mm. that was part of the service. You know, True. I think it's like... Um, we're all learning together about accessibility and these things. And, and it's, I was, I thought it was really exciting, but if beaches are your thing, there are places now with beach mats and beach wheelchairs, but don't be discouraged if they aren't there. Don't be afraid to ask because, you know, you don't know what's possible and, and sometimes things can surprise you. So I think, um, yeah, I, I, that's a lot of tips. I think my final thing would just be like, find your chill, you know, like know that there's some stuff that's going to go wrong. Yeah. Pack a change of clothes in your carry on. You never know. Like it's, um, it's a learning experience every time as well as whether it's a drop and flop and you're supposed to be relaxing or it's a high paced adventure. I think like, uh, you're going to be learning, um, some harsh lessons and, and maybe some easy lessons too, but, uh, it's never not worth it. I think in my opinion, it's never not worth it to, to travel. So I also love travel. I think you live longer when you travel because you are experiencing new things and tasting new things and, and making memories. And sometimes, yeah, those memories might be hard, but it, it you know, it's, I don't, I don't want us to stop doing things because they are hard because there are ways to hack stuff. And yes, we might have to make compromises, mm -hmm. but ultimately I think it's really worth it. I mean, you've got to travel with somebody who is patient and understands and, and we figure it out together. And travel doesn't always mean taking a plane somewhere. It can be driving, taking a bus or whatever you're able to do. If you have the privilege to travel, just do it because you'll never forget it. I hope. Yeah. 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 I think it's the best thing you can spend money on in my opinion. Agreed. I would love to know from our listeners where your most accessible travel destinations are. What's your favorite place to go? What have you found uh, is a great place or, or even what's a terrible place. Mm -hmm, yeah. I'd love to know. Yeah. I want to put more pins in the map. I want to know, know where else to go. Oh, that would be so good. I also have a map with pins in it and it's, that's almost the, the most rewarding part is getting back, getting over the jet lag, but also <laughs> placing as many pins in, as possible into the map. So my husband would totally agree with you. Yeah. Nice. We go to like a new city in Ontario and he wants to put a pin in it. Absolutely. So. There's nothing wrong with that. That's travel. That's <laughs> keep traveling. Keep moving. Thanks for listening. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks for listening to Tripping On Air. Don't forget to visit us at trippingonair.com.
Hi, I'm Ramia Amuthan. Join me weekly for AMI Audiobook Review, the podcast that explores new titles, introduces us to famous narrators, and updates what's hot at the Center for Equitable Library Access. Download episodes of AMI Audiobook Review from your favorite podcast provider. Hi, I'm Jenny Bovard. Join me monthly for Low Vision Moments, where I speak with awesome guests about some of the amusing things that happen when you're blind or partially sighted. Watch on YouTube or download Low Vision Moments from your favorite podcast distributor. Hi, I'm Red Sale, inviting you to download the latest episode of My Life in Books, where internationally acclaimed authors discuss their lives, their work, and three books that have resonated with them. That's My Life in Books, available wherever you get your AMI podcasts. Join me every couple weeks for the Outdoors with Lawrence Gunther podcast, where we learn about outdoor tech and tips. Plus, we look at news affecting the environment. AMI's Outdoors with Lawrence Gunther is available from your favorite podcast provider. Join us weekly for The Pulse with host Joita Gupta, who brings us closer to issues impacting the disability community across Canada. Watch The Pulse on YouTube or listen wherever you download your AMI podcasts. The Walrus is Canada's conversation, and you're invited to take part. Download AMI's Voices of the Walrus, where professional narrators read selected articles from the magazine. Available wherever you download your AMI podcasts. Hello, I'm Sean Priest. Join me monthly for Sean of the Shed, where I introduce you to all the technology that can be so useful to us as blind or partially sighted people. Find Sean of the Shed wherever you find all your podcasts. Hi, I'm Stephen Scott. Join me every day for Double Tap. It's a show where we occasionally talk about technology for blind and partially sighted people. You'll find us wherever you get your podcasts.